Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I like to say that hair is a woman's best accessory. And thanks to my friends at Way, they make it possible to have good hair days every day. Let me tell you, Way's hair oil has become a game changer in my hair care routine. So if you're ready to have good hair days every single day, you got to check out Way. Head over to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com to check out their products. And here's a little treat for you guys use the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off your purchase. Yep, the Way, T H E O U A I dot com, promo code Heel Squad for 15% off. Hey guys, in honor of Juneteenth, we are not going to be running our normal programming. Instead, we've decided to compile some of the incredible black voices that we've had on recently on the show and highlight their stories and their voices. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Oh man, it has been a heavy, heavy time. Ebony, thank you so much for, for joining me today. And, uh, you know, before we started, I greeted you with a great smile because Steven turned the beat around in here and, and made me laugh. Um, but I have spent days crying and crying. <laughs> so yeah, I can yes. only imagine how you're feeling. Well, you know, Maria, this is, um, this is really indescribable, right? Um, this has been my life's work. Um, uh, you've known me for years. I've, I've, I've looked up to you and Kevin and, and everything you guys have built for years. But you know my story and you know that I left practicing law doing exactly this type of work, right? Bringing justice uh, to communities of people that look just like me. Uh, and I left that work in the courtroom to do this work as a broadcaster, right? Because we as broadcasters know the power that we have of platform. Mm -hmm. um, so to spend my career, and I've been doing it in a broadcast capacity for eight years now and did it as a criminal defense lawyer for about seven before that, this moment, Maria, is you talk about a woman meeting a moment. So for me, this Oof. feels heavy. I feel resentful. I feel angry. I feel heartbroken. Uh, but mostly I still feel enormously committed to this work. And that is why I am joining you today. And I've got a full slate all day, as you might imagine, because mm -hmm. um, sadly, um, it has taken the death of, of now George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and many, many others um, to bring about what I'm calling a reckoning of, of, of race consciousness in, in our country. And one that we've needed for a very, very, very long time. Maria, we've had 
sprinkles of opportunities here and there. I think we, we, we've lived enough to have seen a few of them, right? We saw it with the Rodney King beatings and the riots that took place in 92. We saw it uh, with uh, the verdict with OJ in 95. We saw it a bit in Katrina, right? The wake of Hurricane yeah. Katrina, the fortunate way in which black life seemed to be disregarded by the American government. Yep. Uh, in and I, I, I saw it firsthand, Marie, you know, I was a law student down there in New Orleans. Um, so, so I was, I was in those floodwaters and great I point. You, I didn't even think of that. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, Maria. This is, this is not new for us as a country. It might feel new to some of our younger viewers and, 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 and younger friends among us, but for those of us of a particular age, you know, we've, we've been feeling this, but now it seems in which we've come about this, this, this epitus where what has been will not sustain. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we know. When you're looking around and you're seeing the country burn to the ground, it is, a, it is an objective, optical point of clarity. And I don't say it to glorify it, Maria. I just say it because it's the truth. You can't look away from it because it's right there in our faces. This, as we've been doing it, um, this, this dismal coexistence of black and white that by social construct, Maria, race is a social construct and racism is a social construct, right? And whether we say it or we don't say it, what I can tell you has been my experience, Maria, as a black woman in this country for almost 37 years now. You know, and I did everything right, right, Maria? I went to school, I went to more school. I practice law, I volunteer in my community. I'm a part of the most elite sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, belonging to Kamala Harris and Coretta Scott King and Rosa Parks, right? I have demonstrated the life that I was promised would make me immune to second-class citizenship in this country. And you know what, Maria? That's been a lie. That's been a lie, right? This week I decided to uh, showcase Black talent that I know, showcase their work showcase what they're doing, which I do anyway all the time, but I thought now's the time to do that especially. Here's my friend has a great song out. Here's my friend has a great book out. Here's a great professional organizer who is black and does a great job. So I've been kind of on that front lines doing that, um, kind of from my home, but I feel like it's just as important. And and again, I support the folks that are out there doing it. I just can't, Um, but I did 20, 30 years ago. I I was out there protesting and, you know, I I had jobs I couldn't get, advanced to because I was black and that was just in the 90s. Um, you know, I, I was born during civil rights movement, late 60s. And I remember I was a kid in busting and desegregation in the 70s. Wow. Um, and that didn't work. And then in the 80s, I, there were certain jobs I couldn't even get because I was black. Yeah. I couldn't even get through the door. So I've seen this whole thing go. So I have a, I have a different perspective than a lot of people because I'm a little older. I kind of, I'm just like tired. I'm so tired. I'm like, Am I still talking about this 40, 30, 20 years later? Yeah. So, That's the part so having a different perspective, do you feel hopeful or do you think that everyone's going to just be rallying for a moment and it's all going to go back to the way it used to be? What do you think is going to happen? That's a great question, actually. Um, some days I feel hopeful and some days I go, well, it all died down at some point and we'll be back to where it was. And so I go back and forth. It's a very, yeah. that's my only honest question I can give. I go back and forth. There's some days I'm seeing some change happen and I go, good. Okay. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Uh, but I'm kind of waiting to see how it plays out. Cause I mean, it could totally be now we're in a whole different state. I'm just not sure. I've seen this before where I, mean, I was here for Rodney King. I was here for all these other things that 
you know, my house literally was here when the riots happened, where I live right now. We were, we, our stores burned down across the street. Our house almost burned down. So I was here for all that rage and anger yeah. and that a lot of things didn't happen. Um, so I, I'm, some days I'm hopeful. Some days I'm like, oh, well, we'll see what happens. I got fired for a job because I couldn't get the management position after five years. And I stood up for myself uh, and said, that's not right. That's what, that was what I did. Now the next person who went in got the job in their management. So it's kind of yeah. like, I had to prove, just me showing up in the room a lot of times, I had to show people, oh, he's a good black person. Okay, he's okay. I mean, it's literally like that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm telling people, we did a lot that we could do at that time. It was a different time period. But I'm seeing a rise of, you know, all oh, the, the Gen X people on the band, oh, they didn't do enough. And this, but it's like, no, that's what each generation thinks anyway. But yeah. it's kind of like, well, now you take it because you got opportunities that we didn't have take it and run with it. So I'm an optimistic person like you are, Maria, mostly, most of the time. So I'm trying to be hopeful that they're going to do this because yep. this is the world they need to create for themselves. Yeah. This is their world. Um, I want to, I want to say a word for you to remember also, because you don't, because you don't do this. It's called racial gaslighting. It's by What's New that? Crusade. That's when you tell a person, basically you're telling them to hush up, to not speak about their experience, to not let them be who they are. We can say things like, well, James, I mean, I don't, you sure it was racism? I don't know. I mean, I think maybe you're seeing it the wrong way or maybe you're seeing it and you should see it the other way. Um, I was discriminated against um, at a at an organizing job, actually. The boyfriend of my client said some nasty words about me and didn't want me touching his stuff. And everybody kept saying, I feel bad for her. You should understand what she's going through. Uh, I was discriminated against and called derogatory names to my face. I mean, like when you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom. For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. So that's racial gathering. It's like, it's like we're crazy. They do it to women. He, yeah, he called you honey and doll. But he's your boss. He just really was really friendly with you. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's inappropriate? Just he like he likes you. So he said you have nice boobs. Well, why are you upset about that? Because oh, because you're at work. I mean, well, it just he just you have nice boobs in that dress. You know, it's that kind of thing of shutting you down. Mm -hmm. Can't be heard. That what you're thinking is completely like gaslighting. Completely yeah. wrong. Even like walking down. You know, I remember um, when I was protesting about this. Even the stance of the police officers in the beginning of it. It was so like, I want to say, yeah, aggressive in a way. It was very like tough, macho. Even if you're looking at them, um, they can sometimes come off aggressive and in, in trying to be intimidating to us. So um, it's been really crazy just trying to navigate 
through um, life now, knowing that, you know, the police officers in some ways can, you know, discriminate you against just by the color of your skin. Yeah. What was your craziest moment? Because you've been out there for at least uh, a few days now. Yes. Um, I have a few. (laughs) But um, one of my craziest moments is when I was protesting and it was, um, we were walking, I forgot what street exactly we were walking down. And one of the frontliners for real, who's like head on with the protest, they shot at him with a rubber bullet and he was walking and we were walking behind him and stuff and they shot him and it was still daylight out. And I don't think it was the curfew yet. And he got shot at and another lady, she got shot at and her rubber bullet went through her pants and through thought, her hands, her pants. Pant, oh, pant. oh my God. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yes. And the whole time, like, we're just like, what's going on? Like, we're scared because we're like, are you okay? That was the first thing all of us were thinking. We're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like some of the protesters were helping him as he's like limping. So it was traumatizing even to watch that and to see that. And also um, being cornered by the police too, as they're trying to like cave in on us. The first like couple days and like two, three days of protesting when, you know, it was becoming a nationwide thing was crazy. People were saying like, don't bring your kids there because it can get um, out of control. And sometimes the police can use force, like what you see on television, what you see on Twitter, Instagram of some of the police, not all, but some of the police who've um, abused their power, who've beaten people or pulled their guns unnecessarily. That's, you know, traumatizing. And I know it's traumatizing for me. Um, I know a lot of us will need therapy after this as well. And Black people, we all, we, we definitely need therapy for all the stuff that we've gone through in America. But especially now, it's, it's really time. showing now that it's not just a black or it's not a black issue or like it's black versus white. It, that's not the issue right now. It's like either right or wrong. You know, it's no gray areas to this. It's no like it's very black or white. Like there's no gray areas to this. We've seen the videos. We can do the research and we know what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Yeah. The fact that in 2004 and if if you if you can do you have a minute to read this like do you have it in front of you yeah i I would love for you to read this out loud for people because what i think is so important fuck i'm gonna cry i think it's so important for these stories to come forward because we don't know right and i would never think that in 2004 someone would actually say this out loud to someone on their prom day. Like, like it wasn't even something that was said two weeks ago, which is not excusable. I'm just saying like, now you're in the moment and someone just crushes you in that moment. Um, It doesn't make it any better or any worse if it happened two weeks ago. I'm not saying that. I just... They waited till then. And so I want you to read it so that everyone can hear what a young man's experience was in the 2000s. Right. So uh, before I read this, I do want to let you all know, I'm going to say a word. 
that I don't use often myself. But I think in this instance, it is important to to say these words to confront our discomfort. So I'm going to say the N word, and I'm going to say exactly what was said to me because as I grapple with this every single day, I'm reminded of that word. It's not censored in my head. It said it's it's direct to me. So I can only honor that story and honor myself by saying directly to you. So prepare yourself. I will be saying the N word in this. So. Quote, when I was 16 years old, I asked Jen W. to the prom. She is white. Like any teenage boy, I was nervous and scared of what she might say. Luckily, she said yes. I, of course, was over the moon. I really felt like a man, that I, have, I did a grown-up thing. We made sure to coordinate our colors. We made a playlist for the night. Everything was seemingly great. The night of prom, I borrowed my mom's car and headed over to Jen's parents' house to pick her up and take pictures. And that's where things changed. I was told by her family that they were going to need to reconsider. In the words of her grandmother, quote, I refuse to see my granddaughter go to the prom with a nigger. She told me that to my face in front of Jen's entire family. They all did nothing, presumably because they agreed with her. I felt humiliated. I felt worthless. I was dehumanized. My amazing mother did her best to protect me from, from racism. But in this instance, there was nothing my mother could do. This was out of her control. I've carried the words of Jen's grandmother with me to this very day, and I have cried many times because of them. Now, I share this story, this personal story, because I want you all to understand that behind our smiles, there is often pain. There is humiliation. There is dehumanization. The black experience in this country is like no other. We are not okay. I am not okay. Being black, while beautiful, is incredibly painful. Check in with your black friends because I guarantee they're holding back hurt and humiliation because they have to. Lastly, do not check in with me now. It will feel contrived and rooted in guilt. Just please, for the sake of our next generation, do better. Be better. I thought that was so beautiful that you shared that. Um, I am watching Jeff hysterically losing it. I don't know if you can see him, but he's um, clearly moved. So Jeff, tell me what you think when you hear that. And I know you've read it before. Yeah, I I mean, obviously all of us are emotionally exhausted right now, but I, I think what's so important about what you're doing, James, is it's creating a level of personhood to racism. Um, I think, I feel very convicted because I feel like as someone who grew up in a primarily white community, and I'd like to think of myself as someone who's pretty socially conscious and hopefully progressive, but at the same time, when you're taught about racism, it's not the same as knowing someone who's been like very deeply impacted by it. And even my close friends of color, I, I wish I would have engaged them more on hearing the personal stories of racism that they face, because at least for me, I feel like that's been a hugely important part of my growth and recognition of how toxic of a problem this is in our country. And, you know, Jeff, I, I, I found that to be the most to, to be the most effective method to combat this. Um, really making making people understand, because, you know, I know we all grew up in, in our own households and our in seemingly our own world. But when you can relate your experience to someone and you can you can you can tailor the lines to be to be within that within their 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 line of sight, it, it really does hit people differently. 
And like I said in the post, it's 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 not easy. And I feel like oftentimes, you know, behind this TV host smile, there is pain, there is hurt. So, you know, just because we have this front and because we walk around so proudly, we have to. We I, I don't have a choice but to. So I can I can only you know share my story and again to, to go to circle back to your original question maria that was this is the kind of the purpose of my series i love you james this is a perfect example of it because had i not told that story i don't think people would understand the impact of racism and how it affects me you know we, we we're all online all the time and we always show the best of ourselves and, and we hide the worst sometimes showing the worst of yourself can bring out the best in others and i think that me sh sharing my story sharing my struggle um really highlighting aspects of my own life that have changed me to make me the man that I am today and really fuel the fire and the passion that I have to fight for others. It, it needs to be highlighted. And like, I, as I preface my, my, my little uh, blurb there, I, I know that in moments of discomfort, it can make you feel icky. But if, if we have to have a 45 minute conversation for, for and littered with uncomfortability, then so be it because that conversation can lead to saved lives. That conversation can lead to further conversation. Mm -hmm. That conversation can lead to to revolution and genuine change in this country. So it's, it's it's incumbent upon us as a people, as black people, as white people, as all people, to be uncomfortable. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. If you weren't upset, if you weren't crying, I would be more concerned because to me, you, you're lacking empathy. Yeah. So let's be uncomfortable. Let's step outside of ourselves. Say I'm not advocating this, but if you have to say the N-word in an example, then say it. Say it to prove your point. Make people feel uncomfortable because if we don't, we, we will continue to ride the same disgusting path we're on. It's our silence that have put us in the place that, we on, that we're on, in the place that we are. Speaking up is the only way to change that. As a person in this country of color, a lot of people don't realize that every parent sits down their child at a certain age and says, you may not come home if a cop pulls oh you God. over. Here's what you do uh, to, to, to have yourself uh, a, a good chance of not getting into trouble on that way. And I guess I didn't realize that for millions of Americans, they don't have that. And so this issue to me was opening for me because my parents talked to me about 12 years old, uh, going to a predominantly white middle school. This is what happens if you get stopped on your way home from school uh, from an officer of the law. Uh, again, it's a lot of type of conversations. A lot of my uh, non-colored people of colored friends ask me questions. I'm willing to be a resource for that. Uh, but I do think it's important that we all know that we're just Americans because on top of that, on top of that fear, we still have to keep our, keep our heads down the grindstone and achieve and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, even though the playing field has never been left. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days, and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor, and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios, and then I got addicted, and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of 
wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. Wow. First of all, did anyone else want to just lose it crying when he said what he just said? Yeah. I mean, I know you guys are guys, but Flobo, you just freaking killed me. Maria, your, your voice and your platform is very important. And you using your platform to spread and give people a voice to be heard is, is, is priceless. So I'm going to ask you a favor. Yeah. I didn't tell you because I didn't think about it until right now. I would like to read some names. Can I do that? Yeah, of course. Eric Garner, July 17th, 2014. Michael Brown, August 9th, 2014. Kwame McDonald, October 20th, 2014. Tamir Rice, November 22nd, 2014. Walter Scott, April 4th, 2015. Freddie Gray, April 19th, 2015. Jamar Clark, November 15th, 2015. Alton Sterling, July 5th, 2016. Philando Castile, July 6th, 2016. Stephen Clark, March 18th, 2018. Botham G. September 6, 2018, Brianna Taylor, March 13, 2020, George Floyd, Floyd, May 25th, 2020. So we've said their names. It's a big deal, man. It, it sucks. I, I feel it. I do too. And as a war vet, I don't really feel much. I know. I, I have felt it. And... Even when we talked this weekend, I was so sad. And I, we kept saying you have a platform. I just talked to another friend before, and Meredith, who's been on the show before. Meredith. <laughs> and she was like, Maria, you have a platform. You can help everybody. And I'm like, I don't yeah, know that's, how that's to help. Good. And I was like, such an emotional wreck. And then when you said it too, I'm like, wait, no, I have to be here. Because, you know, there's a side of me that just, you know, was so overwhelmed with everything. And I just... I just wanted to stay under the covers and cry. <laughs> and um, and I realized that I can't and we have to keep talking about it. And I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who had written, you know, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and we have to have these discussions and we have to try to educate people and we have to stand united together and help each other because we are better together, right? Mm-hmm. Um and 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 make this change like i just you know i i told you when i see the fact that school shootings they just kept happening and you thought with sandy hook it was going to end and it didn't you know you just keep getting number and number to all of this um even um george floyd's very good friend uh steven oh gosh i forget his last name he's a basketball player he said his wife sent him the video of George and he was like, I just thought it was another, another guy getting killed. You know, he was so numb to it. And then he realized it was one of his very good friends, Stephen Jackson. Thank you, Stephen. Um, you know, we can't get numb to this and no, but, but some of us are, when I saw the video, I went through several thoughts. The first thought was, Oh crap. Hopefully he didn't die. Hopefully he did not die. Maybe they're just being mean. Hopefully he didn't die. And then, Again, crap. And it just because it just repeated. And then I start thinking about what in the world is this going to do for my kids? I know Brittany's going to be upset. Ariana's going to be furious. Poor Jay, she doesn't deserve this. We don't deserve this because they're going to be concerned about me. Yeah. And they always are because I fit the same description. Yep. 
I worry about you all the time. I've told you this. I think the same thing. Like, why? Whatever. It's yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of so course, they're gonna think that. that's that's what we look at, and we're just and I and it's imagine how how it's much as sucked to me when the the thing I had to tell my daughters to to calm them down was there's nothing new to see here for us. She, they're very upset and rightly so, but this has been going on for us all along. So this is unfortunately status quo and they were upset well how come people don't get it they just don't get it and i'm like okay well don't be upset about that be look for the they're going to say always look for the helpers in an emergency look for the people who just got it that didn't get it before and i said it's about fanning the flame don't try to start a flame if someone doesn't get it now and you're like you need to get it you need to get it you got your little remember those little pumps to, to blow the air yeah you're never going to get that fire started like that take and put that on the fire someone that did get it fan that flame yeah right and now that that will spark and then that will spread so don't waste your time trying to get someone who don't doesn't get it to get it if they don't get it they're probably not going to get it right now maybe they'll get it later no one's supposed to be beyond reprieve right so focus on the ones that did get it and tell them and tell them so they can spread because believe it or not People of color, and let's just talk African-Americans in particular, since, you know, Black Lives Matter is the thing we're talking about. We're a very small portion of the population. There's really not that many of us. 14%, 13% in different cities, it varies, but there's not much of us, which is why the COVID thing, 50% of the people that died in COVID are black and people of color, but they represent 10% 10% of the population is a problem. <laughs> that means it's mostly them dying. Mm-hmm. It's mostly us dying because, so there's a small portion of, so really for us to win this battle. I never thought battle, about it like that, that it's such a small portion of our country. I would never think about it like that. Yeah, there's not much of us. So w- the way for us to win is we need partners. Yeah. We need people to come help. Yes. Our, yes. our, our yes. former history, they knew that. Yep. And they got other people to march with us. Yep. And right now the world is is marching with us. And that's the way we can affect change. Yeah. Other people will say, well, there's all different type of guerrilla tactics we can take. Well, we don't want to take guerrilla tactics. Right? <laughs> we want to take the, the peaceful method where we can get what we need and deserve as a community and everyone is safe in the process yeah so just just remember there's not that many of us i mean i've, I've got friends that had I, i've met people who didn't meet a, a, an actual black person in person until they were an adult i know several because that's okay they live in an area where we're just not there because yeah. there's not that many of us and so now that we recognize there is no way to circumvent this devastating dynamic of black subordination, this expectation. Um, and, and I think we really, really saw this Maria last week. Um, you know, I'm living in New York now um, with the woman in Central Park, Amy Cooper. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it and, and, and talked about it here on the show. It was such a glaring display of the expectation of black subordination. And once again, you know, Christian Cooper, the man that was at the center of that with that woman, Harvard educated, um, you know, foot soldier of humanity. And the and when it, the shit hit the family and the expectation was black man, stay in your place. Yeah. You don't have the social positioning <laughs> to critique anything I do and how I show up in this space. And, and, and if you get out of line with that, I will violently enforce your positioning by calling 
New York Police Department because I know how they will show up and deal with you because of the track record of police brutality against black men in this country. I mean, if we don't have a clearer picture than that, I don't know what to tell you. So um, how am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm motivated to do this work, Maria. I applaud you and those like you that are using their platforms in this moment. Um, but, but frankly, this is white people work. I wanna be clear about that. This is white people work, this system, these dynamics, I'm kind of breaking down in minutia. These are systems that have been in place in this country since its origin. Right. And and despite our best efforts, uh, black folk cannot unpin them. You know, we've we've done sit ins. We've done protests. Colin Kaepernick has knelt. Um, it just doesn't really work. Um, so I think I'm not going to sit up here and spend time debating the merits of, of the protests versus the looting versus the rioting, because, as I've said um, already, this this week and weekend. I think that's a distracting point for me personally, Maria, and I, I respect those that do need to spend some time with it. I'm just focused on the work and I remain committed and focused on the work. And I do think it's possible, but it will, it's going to take white America giving something up. I'm going to be honest about that. They're going to have to give up a way of life uh, that, that quietly demands black subordination and whether or not white America is prepared for that um, is not something I can answer, but I but I'm really happy to engage in that dialogue with you today. How how does that look, and how does that happen? Because I sit back and I'm watching everything happening, and I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for what happened to George Floyd. I'm heartbroken for what happened to Trayvon Martin. What happened to everybody before George Floyd? There were a million Georges, right? I'm heartbroken over what happened at Hurricane Katrina. I'm heartbroken over, you know, everything. You know, you're seeing Black-owned businesses looted and and people who... With summer upon us, friends, hair is going to be even more important. Yes, we've got humidity, we've got sun, we've got all kinds of things. And sometimes it's hard to find the right shampoo for your hair. Everyone's hair is so different, and there's no one-size-fits-all solution. That's why I love Way. They have different shampoos depending on your hair type. Want volume? Fine hair and conditioner will give you that extra oomph you need. If you need some moisture and a little extra bounce, find your happy medium with medium shampoo and conditioner. And for my peeps with thick hair like me, give your hair the hydration it deserves with thick hair shampoo and conditioner. Plus, you guys already know Way carries some of my favorite hair care products I use all the time, whether it's the leave-in conditioner, which is my go-to, or the hair oil. They give my hair this hydrating refresh all summer long. Wash your way to healthier hair. <laughs> See what I did there? With shampoos and conditioners made just for you. Go to the way, T H E O U A I dot com. Use the code Heal Squad for 15% off your entire purchase. That's the way.com, T H E O U A I dot com. Use the code Heal Squad. Your hair deserves it. Were, you know, whose businesses were on life support that are now completely decimated. Um, you're seeing, you know, I mean, we're seeing so much. And I just, I feel like a Mack truck is sitting on my chest and I don't know what to do. And I'm a problem solver, right? So I'm like, how do I fix this? This is how I felt when coronavirus started, right? Coronavirus started and I was like, okay, we need to be on the show. We need to be doing this daily. I took the show to daily. We need to be with everybody and we need to be talking and helping each other through. And we're going to do the same thing through this. But I, and I, I was at a loss for that, for it then, for that, 
I'm at a loss now other than to speak up for my friends and tell them I'm with them. I hear them. I love them. I support them. You included, obviously, being one of my friends in Titus. I I just don't know how this gets fixed. That's authentic, Maria. You know, so a couple things I want to say to that. And, you know, I'm not the gospel here. I'm just one black woman trying to do some work here. Um, That's important. That's the first thing. If you are a white person right now in this country and you don't know what to say, you don't. First of all, I want to say this, Maria, there's no magic words. There are no magic words in a moment like this. So take that pressure off of yourselves uh, as white, good white folk. You don't have to get this right rhetorically. I want to be clear about that. There is no script here. Doesn't exist. The best thing you can do is show up with an open heart and an open mind and a a sincere willingness to do this work. So you have to accept the premise that this is white work to do, which is hard. I want to be clear about that, Maria, because I don't think human nature dictates a comfort level when we have to take on onus, right? Now it's, we've got to carry something. Um, And I think for once in, 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 in our country's history, black America is telling white people, go, go do your shit. Go do your work. You know, we we have carried the onus of fixing race relations in this country um, since its exception. And frankly, we've taken that as far as it can go. Black people have kind of done what we can do. So the other part of the solution, Maria, the other part of the equation that's got to show, it's kind of like in a relationship, right? You're in a marriage and, and, and you're one half of that relationship, right? And you do your work. And, and you, you read the books and you, you work on your, the way you show up in the relationship and you work on your communication and you do all these things. But guess what? You by yourself can own, you can't save the marriage by yourself, right? Yeah. Your partner has to show up with that same willing spirit and do their work. Well, that's exactly what's going on with white and black America today. And, and I'm using those terms because, of course, we know um, there's a, a beautiful coalition of people of color that are within that. But ultimately, we've, we've got to be honest about where this issue really sits and where it really falls. And this goes back to the genesis of, of the coexistence of white and black people in this country. So that's the first thing um, you can do as a white person is, is, is reach out to say, I don't know what to say, if that's your truth, right? And I'm, I've been getting those messages and those phone calls um, all weekend. And, and it's given me the fuel to keep going. So do that. The other thing, and you know, I'm, I, we share this, we, we, we share quite a few things in common, Maria, but we're both very solution focused women, right? Like you said, like we see a problem and after our heart starts breaking, we're ready to do something mm-hmm. about it. I don't have the magic answers either, but this is, this is one thing I've come up with. I'm creating um, a, a mini criteria of what I'm calling white people homework, okay? And in this is going to be, it's going to be real simple. It can all be done from the comfort of your home because many people across the country are still in quarantine like myself. Uh, And it's just going to be two tiers. It's going to be tier one, basic education. Watch these Netflix docs, watch these Amazon Prime docs, read these um, articles that are no more than 1200 words to just familiarize yourself with some of these basic concepts that I'm, I'm talking about here today. These, these racial constructions, these expectations of moral code in which we show up in society. Then it'll be like level two, like advanced coursework, right? Like you done, you done step one, do step two. And, and I think just sitting and educating yourself, Maria, and sitting in the pain, 
You know, I think that's really hard for people to do too. People, people, human nature dictates we struggle sitting in one another's pain. Sit in the pain with your black uh, brothers and sisters today. And I'm not going to say that white folk aren't sitting in some pain of their own. You know, I could imagine uh, that you that you are and that the white community is, is having its own kind of reckoning with its own self and having internal conversations with one another about how we got here and how are we prepared to move forward. And that can be scary. Right. Like you said, like, what does that look like? All I can tell you is that in certain pockets of the black community, Maria, this has gotten so unconscionable, so intolerable that there's real conversations about perhaps we need to look at, at an existence outside of this country that allows for our full citizenship, that allows for our full and complete and unadulterated safety. Um, not dissimilar, and it, that sounds radical, and I'm sure it does to many people, it's not so radical in the sense that post-emancipation, we had what we call the great migration, right? Where you saw black people that were coming from uh, the, the South, coming from enslavement, say th this code of, of, of law sucks. So we're gonna go up north, right? Or we're gonna venture west to see if that way of life can afford us um, a better existence. Okay, so that's kind of magnified itself now. And so now what we see is a nation that doesn't offer any real safe place, yeah. any real safe space for full black existence. Mm -hmm. so it doesn't leave us a lot of option other than to come to our white sisters and brothers and say, are you, will are you willing in good faith to renegotiate the terms of my existence in this country? Are you, wow. are you willing? And, and, and by doing so, are you willing to give up your station in it? Because that is what it requires, Maria. That wow. is what it requires. And that is deep. Well, that's it for today, Heal Squad. Before I let you go, I want to make sure you don't forget to take care of yourself today. I'll be making sure I'm not forgetting to get outside, do my meditations, and of course, keep myself fueled with some sweet, chili, wonderful pistachios. Wonderful pistachios, as you know, are my go-to when hunger strikes because they're one of the highest protein nuts providing all nine essential amino acids, and they're great for on-the-go snacking. So... When you're ready to elevate your snacking game, visit wonderfulpistachios.com to grab a bag 